I so unlove packing the adventure of other people, mainly because I feel like I'm living vicariously through them, but also because it ignites me to go, like literally and figuratively go, like get out of Dodge. And today's guest, Sean alum, is such a go-getter that she even moved across the world multiple times to multiple countries sometimes not even telling people that she was going to be doing so. And she's doing it just simply to get in front of what God has in store for her and, and catch it. And you know those people that you see on social media that appear to be living their best life in another country, traveling, experiencing things that you couldn't even imagine, and they're snapping amazing photos along the way. Y'all, they don't do that to put you into comparison mode or FOMO, but instead with the intent to help you innovate your own life and be the best version of what God has promised for you. That is our guest today, Shauna. She is a beautiful blend of reflective and energetic. She's running from perfectionism. I understand where she's at. Check. She's chasing joy and also just living the entrepreneurial dream. What I love is that she's doing it outside of the quote-unquote American dream. She's doing it on her own terms and literally submitting it back to the Lord, which is so rad. You guys are going to be blessed by today's conversation and worldly influence and yet heart of God. It's just, it's so neat, the culture within her that exudes through her light. And I truly just hope that you start innovating today because of this conversation. So thanks, Shauna, for being here, and y'all tune in and enjoy. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says, for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast. Though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist, this isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. And to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. I 
love watching those. You don't even get to see it. You have to wait till the post process to see it. And it's so fun because that one was like, I don't even watch it before they go live because I know my, my girl who does them, though, she's is going to nail it every single time. So I get excited. And I'm like grinning and no one can see that I'm grinning except for you. <laughs> Right, and I was like, okay, she's bobbing her head. <laughs> there was music. It was like her jam or something. <laughs> it was so good. And it's so you because you said the word digital nomad. And you guys, that's essentially what Shauna is. You guys aren't going to believe what she's done over the last four weeks. It's such a fun adventure. And if you know anything about me, I am all for adventure, traveling, getting outside of your comfort zone, and just living life to the fullest. And I really believe that the story that you're going to unpack for us today is going to give us more of an opportunity to say yes to those opportunities. I hope so. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited. Thank it's you for having me. It's so my pleasure. So Shauna and I, how did we even connect? Just Instagram? Like what was Insta the connect? I don't even remember. It was Instagram. Uh, I was like just scrolling through my feed and kind of, you know how you do, you just kind of click through. Oh yeah. And then I saw Christian business coach. And I was like, wow, she looks pretty cool. And I started watching some of your, you know, your posts. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm vibing with her. Yes. I got <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so fun. And then we got on an awesome phone call and got to know each other. And then she was like, so let's do this, but in a couple months, because I've got some big plans. So how about you like unpack where you've been, what you've got going on, your life innovated, like that's all who you are. And it's more than just your business, which is so fun. Right. So, okay. To kind of give you a breakdown of what's been happening the past couple months. Well, I, I've lived in Europe for five years. I'm from LA, from California, and I moved out here for a master's program. And then since then, just of course, fallen in love with Europe. Um, I created my business, which is a web design business called Your Life Innovated. And I primarily work with American clients, but kind of with everyone. Um, but yeah, the past couple weeks, we did a camping trip. We actually it was a camping trip slash move. You guys, okay. and she didn't even tell anybody about it. It was like a surprise move. Exactly. Gotta, gotta hit him with the surprise, you know? <laughs> no, we, what we did was, okay, so we, we <laughs> my boyfriend had an opportunity um, up here in the for work. And so I'm a digital nomad. I said, okay, and we didn't want to be in like a big city. We were in Barcelona and we were there for four, four years. And we said, okay, with the whole pandemic situation, let's just let's just go do it. And we're, we're actually in the countryside now. So we did a camping trip to get here with all of our stuff. It was literally so much stress, you know, camping, stopping in each place, trying to bring out the cooker. Where the heck's the cooker? Oh, you packed it wrong. It's like all the way under at the bottom. It was crazy. For like 10 days, it was like that. And trying really hard to just like keep loving each other. And this is an adventure and I'm not going to be really frustrated with you. Exactly, exactly. And um, that's where my meditations come in in the morning. Um, just on just different things that I'm sure we're going to talk about later. But we basically had the plan of, you know, doing that camping trip and then arriving here in the countryside of France, which is honestly really beautiful. I'm sure like similar to some parts of the US. Um, rolling hills, um, open fields, and just cute little medieval towns. That's where we are right now. I love and that. I'm, it feels like it's right out of a movie, right? Yes, it looks like uh, 
it looks like gingerbread houses in this town that I'm in. Literally. It, that's that's what really fun. And so this is just a short-term stay, yes. right? Which is so cool. She said that like people are like, so is this like the final move? Is this where you're going to stay? Is this home? And I, I love that it's not because I think that that's like a part of life. And I found myself actually for years, I'm like, I am born and raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I am not going anywhere. When I went away for college, I came right back and I was like, this is where I'll be till my babies grow old and then till I grow old, right? Um, right. And it was actually through the transformational season that I hope to dive deeper into yours here in a minute that I actually released like my stomping grounds. And I released the fact that this is a part of my identity because it's actually not at all. It's just a part of my journey and immediately wanted to, to get up and move and like pack and leave. And my husband and I looked into becoming expats in Mexico for a while, still not off the table because that would be the ideal situation. And it was just, I feel like when you release that, God can do so much with it. And he can honestly just, he can provide more abundantly, whether you stay where you're at or not, because that happened to us, we ended up staying, but abundance ensued after I kind of released that this is home. Home is so much more than a location. I totally agree because, okay, when you move like that, you really have to be okay with like yourself, your partner and your current situation and, and kind of like accept change. And I actually meditate on change a lot, like in the mornings, like I visualize a river flowing and how life is like that. Um, and the same, like you said, just like, I don't know, getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, that's just what I've gotten comfortable with. And and I think it's it's true. Like your physical location doesn't define you, like you said. I really I really do believe that. I like this concept of, of meditating on change. I have yes. this this problem, honestly, we can unpack my issues first if you want. Okay. <laughs> Is that <laughs> Help me, help me, Shauna, help me. I I will anticipate and and create expectations around my schedule for the day and around what the next, you know, situation or next 12 hours or really just day to day. It's not really life as a whole because I really believe in like goals changing and God surprising you and all of that. But I have this control need within the expectation of a certain window. And if it goes awry, I get such bad anxiety. And yet I consider myself a pretty go-with-the-flow person. I don't think my husband would agree, though, because he's like, babe, you're doing this to yourself. Like, it's okay. It's no big deal. And I'm like, I know it's not, but it's just different is what I always say. It's just different. And he's like, okay, well, let's unpack what you thought it was going to be like, and then let's release it because this is what it is, not what you thought. Exact. I get what you're saying. That's that happens to me too. I think it's like our entrepreneur perfectionist. Maybe that mentality. I have this. Um, I was reading a book recently that was saying that like perfect uh, perfectionism. It's actually like a. It, it becomes like this crazy. Uh, not crazy. I don't want to say say the word crazy, but um, it's almost like a uh, like a, a state that you get into that kind of just keeps going and keeps going and you think that it's like a negative thing and you, you keep uh 
trying to achieve that one vision that you have, but if you, if you, if you don't get exactly to there, you just are really upset with yourself. I get like that too. And my boyfriend as well says, you know, calm down. It's not the end of the world, but I, it's a really, Sometimes that's a it feels like it. We've got people on the other line who are listening and they're like, me too. And they said, I totally have to process what I am feeling in order to move on. And I think that's ultimately even that concept of meditation is like leaning into that emotion. And this goes into so many realms that I'm sure we'll continue to tap into. But somebody this week was teaching me about a sale, about sales. And she was saying oftentimes when you're coaching or when somebody is you know, giving you their problem in your hands, that the emotions are both on the table. You're anticipating what's about to happen and they're trying to serve you what it is that they need to happen and all the emotions that they've been unpacking to get them to this phone call or get them to this experience with you. And for you as a receiver on the listening end and then also the speaker to lean into your emotion and instead of like self-critiquing those emotions, just analyzing like, that's interesting. Instead of like feeling guilty, instead of having an issue of self-worth or feeling a need to change or control, just allowing it to just be what it is. Right. Exactly. That's a, that's a big thing when you said the, the, the expectations, like setting that schedule and like meeting that deadline or whatever. I think it's because we look so far into the future, like, especially in our culture and well, in the US because I can I can make these comparisons. In Spain, they're so laid back. Like all my friends, everybody's so laid back, they don't care. I'm like, you guys are like 10 minutes late to work. Like you just walked into the door like 15 minutes late. Like how are you not like freaking out right now? And I think it's like, it's a cultural thing. And I don't think that we practice it enough like on our day to day of like accepting, you know, those setbacks. Like say we don't meet that deadline. Like we're so hard on ourselves. And like not saying in the present, like you said, just the B. The I really B love moment. that. And I think that's one of the reasons that like traveling and culturalism is so important to me and my family for our kids' sake, because I know that about our culture because of the amount of travel that my husband and I did prior to having kiddos. We were constantly away, and that's such an amazing thing that you and your boyfriend are doing that because it just teaches you so much about each other, and like the relationship, I think, is just there's so much more bonding that goes on when you're traveling with someone versus just in the regular day-to-day mundane, right? And so when we had kiddos, we knew that that wanted to be like a core value of our family. And when we take them out of their comfort zone here and into another establishment, because we've done it since they were so little, it feels like everywhere they go is their comfort zone, which is such a beautiful thing. But we as adults are so rooted in what's normal, quote unquote, like this whole thing with COVID. I would love to hear like what's happening on the other side of the world with that. But there's so much lack of understanding and lack of control and lack of whatever people think is normal because they have not meditated on the river. <laughs> they have not yeah. meditated on the change where my children are literally always around um, rivers. We're literally about to go mountains and hiking and going to waterfalls. Like they don't just, they're not just immersed in it visually, they're immersed in it like spiritually, which I love. Yes. Well, to kind of like add on to that, the whole thing about, you know, not accepting or people are having a really hard time. I, I mean, we all are. I, I had a really hard time, obviously, during the lockdown. Every We all were going through like the same thing. And it, it, it was it's really like mentally hard. So this I mean, 
getting thrown in that situation really made me like say, okay, what am I going to do to help me uh, in this situation? And I, and it was meditating. It was reading. It was opening my mind to the universe and to like, how can I better myself when I'm confined like this uh, pretty much alone with my boyfriend, but confined, you know, and, and I'm seeing a lot of like posts, sometimes negative story posts on Instagram. That's like, okay, guys, um, if you are, you know, drinking a lot, it's totally okay. Uh, kind of like all these like really weird, like, you know, it's okay if you're, it's, it's okay if we get frustrated. I agree. But it, when I saw that, I was like binge drinking. I was like, what? Like, what, who made this post? Like, why, why can't we look at the other side, try to like get to something more positive, you know, from the. Yeah, no, I think that that's so valuable, like insight, even just to, to process that because it's a normal response to cope. So there's a problem. How can I, instead of necessarily going to the root of the problem, it's taught to like, let's just fix it. And one of our listeners right now is saying it perfectly. She said, it's interesting that you said that because a part of why I overreact is because I have other things like people will say, calm down. When something happens, I feel as as if I shouldn't have those feelings. And then I'll beat myself up or feel guilty for having that feeling. And then it becomes a cycle I get caught up in if I don't stop processing stop to process the feeling and so it's the same thing if this huge thing is happening or small thing is happening you have to process it and instead of cope alongside and just suppress the problem you need to actually make the change and watch the change evolve in your life and be okay with that ebbing and flowing right right and to obviously nobody's gonna have perfect days either so obviously oh, yeah. I that happens to me with the frustra- uh, getting frustrated or like just little things. Um, even when you're just with your, your mate, your partner for so long, uh, maybe like little things will like annoy you. And yeah, I, I'm honestly actively like trying to work on like little things that I might get annoyed with, or maybe I'll notice the response. I'll be like, oh, wow. So it did just come naturally. Like I didn't, you know, I, just like what she's saying, it's almost like a cycle that happens and you have to like note it and then be like, okay, I'm going to be better. You know? Yeah, it's really good. And, um, I was actually studying through therapy about cycles and how the whole world really like operates in cycles and even just think about seasons, right? Every year we know it's going to be winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall. Like that's an easy way for us to understand and unpack cycles. Um, and there's no like stopping that from happening. Maybe I could move to Mexico and I could try to transition out of some of the of the winters that I don't necessarily want to indulge, but it's still going to be happening. And so from a therapy perspective, I was in a very negative cycle, a cycle that had been ingrained since I was little. And when I understood that there was power in my ability to actually stop the cycle because the cycle was happening on my own action, on my own accord, And I had the power and will through God, obviously giving me strength because I couldn't surely do it when I was really weak at the time that I was accepting this of myself. I realized, okay, in order for this to happen, I have to take ownership here. I have to understand and unpack the, the problem. And again, going back to that root. And so that instead of those cycles continuing, I have to catapult myself from where the cycle is to way over here. Because if I don't, and it's just like a smidgen of a remove, 
I'm going to end up being back in the same thing. So if the coping mechanism is like, okay, this will get me by now, I'm going to come back to the cycle because it's comfortable. Oh, uh, I'll go like a little bit more removed, mm, coming back to the cycle. And y'all, this these cycles are everything from like little white lies, like compulsive lying, like the dumbest, littlest things. They weren't affecting anyone, but little lies become big lies. It was things like... Um, gosh, things in my marriage and relational that I was happening with my husband where I was actually relying on my mom more than I was relying on my spouse. And that's the whole concept of like leaving and cleaving and being with them. And I wasn't, I never left and I never cleft, like cleft, is that a word? <laughs> I never did that with my spouse. I just allowed like my, myself to remain in a cycle. And you know, you wouldn't think if I said that out loud that I lean on my mom, that that's like a bad thing. Like, that's great. You have an amazing relationship with your mom, but that wasn't the intention of marriage. That's not the purpose of a covenant. That's not two becoming one. Right. So, so, I mean, these cycles aren't just like, Oh, she was addicted to heroin. No, that's that's not a, the case. I've never tried heroin, by the way. Um, <laughs> but that was just a good example of something grandiose where people are like, oh my goodness. But cycles happen small and they happen big. And if we can recognize the ability of ourselves to catapult out of it, sometimes it might take a move, something huge like you did. So let's right. kind of take the spotlight off me here for a second. And I want to know, let's go back to the starting of Shauna as an American and how you got to where you are now and what what was the cycle change for you? Like what put you there? Hmm, great question. So yeah, I'm from LA um, when I was 18. Well, I, I played volleyball growing up through, through high school th- since I was 12. And I got a scholarship to go play at Washington State Wazoo, go Cougs. Don't know if you guys know it. <laughs> Pac-12 D1 volleyball. And I had a scholarship for two years. My parents didn't save like college funds, like a lot of my friends back in LA. Um, so I, I had to kind of like find it on my own. So when I was young, I set the goal like, okay, I'm 13. Like I'm going to get a scholarship and play volleyball in college. And I did. It was two years full. And then I did get academic scholarships for the other two. So it was like everything worked out perfectly. Like I manifested the I'm going to get college paid for because I knew like my parents didn't have the money to pay for it. And I did it. So that was kind of like my adolescence, I guess you could say. And my parents kind of helped me. Um, They were really they're entrepreneurs themselves. They didn't go to college, Um, obviously you know, everybody's got their own little traumas that they deal with. But my mom's mom died when she was like 13. She had a really hard upbringing. And then um, she got into like drugs and stuff. And she kind of like made a switch. So when she was 17, she started working for herself. She left the house, her dad's house, and just was an entrepreneur. So I kind of think I've inherited a little bit of that from my mom. And then my dad is black. And he's also an entrepreneur. He has his own construction company. So I kind of always had this like independent mindset, um, just kind of like, okay, you got to make shit happen. Sorry for saying the S word. It's totally fine. I had another girl. She's like, can I cuss on here? And I'm like, do you girl? (laughs) It's no, it's no worries. Do you? So I've kind of always had that like in in, in just my upbringing. And um, after I, after college, I studied international business and finance. I I always uh, wanted to live in Spain. It's been like my dream. I've taken Spanish throughout all of, you know, high school, college, everything. 
And the last semester of college, I had a chance to, to study abroad in Bilbao, Spain, which is the north of Spain, rainy, kind of like Seattle weather. And I, I fell in love with it. I was like, wow, Europe is so different than the U.S., just the lifestyle, the way that they're on the street walking around, so much more active in a way, just on a daily basis. Fashion is amazing, too. Um, I just started learning a lot about the European culture. And um, I also wanted to go to Europe because my grandpa, my great grandpa is a Holocaust survivor. Oh, so wow. we come from the Czechoslovakia at yeah. the time and they were the only two um, children that got saved on the trains that left out of Prague. There were only 669 wow. children. Yeah, there were only 669 children that, that this, it's called a kinder transport that left and so that was honestly another really big reason why I wanted to go to Europe is because my mom's side is Jewish, my dad's side is Christian. And I always wanted to like connect and kind of just go relive some of That's the places. so cool. I like so desperately want to go to Israel and the Walk of Emmaus and like to do all of that because I have a lot of heritage of Judaism in my family as well. And I just, it's so intriguing to me and like, even unpacking the Bible like I am right now from from um, this book called Seamless, which is like literally teaching you from Genesis, Genesis to Revelation how to be able to like share the gospel with someone in a really seamless, light, light way, but knowing and confidence in studying the Bible. I would, I mean, that's just so cool that you have both of those cultures. Like, how does that, oh, we can, well, I'm going to go back to that. I want you to keep going. So you, you decided to go, your roots are there. You're, you fell in love. You're still in college at this point. So I was still, uh, yeah, I was still in college. I was in my last semester. And then once I did that little six month, uh, study abroad, by the way, if you got, if any of the listeners have kids, I think everybody says like it was the best experience out of their whole college. So if, if there's a way that you can persuade, I don't know, your kids or family members to go abroad, I would really advise it. Most people don't come back. They go back to the, or don't come back to Europe. They, they stay in the U S and they just always remember it with like such sweet memories. But, um, after that I did the normal, you know, corporate job. Uh, I had a contract lined up for, to start June that summer and I did the corporate job, you know, as uh, our society kind of shows you that you should, you know, after college, get a corporate job. Um, I did it. It was great. I, I like working with people, but I always felt like this void. Like I felt like everybody was just talking about like, I don't know, buying a house and getting like I had friends that were buying houses at 22, which is fine. Uh, it's really cool. But I guess I was just thinking like, there's so much more for me that I need to see and experience before making that big decision uh, or just saying, okay, I'm settling here in Houston because I was working in Houston and that's it. And um, I came back to Spain. I studied a master. I left the job after a year and a half and I did a master in entrepreneurship and innovation. And that's when I came to Barcelona because it's a very international city. And I started creating my uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, I did my entrepreneurship course and then afterwards, I created this web design company that's called Your Life Innovated. And I also do social media and I use English and Spanish. So I can also service like Spanish clients, but most of the clients are in the US just because um, there's a lot more business. <laughs> yes, that is so cool. And that's I mean, a summary. It's so good. So, what did your parents think about that? Like, because you're like, bye. 
Do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long? Do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it? Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business? Maybe you've titled this God Dream a Ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home, your first ministry. Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe He'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn-out sandals for His intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes He has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur, why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes, they aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days, and I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where He has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride. Get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision He has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. That's a big thing because um, my parents are super supportive about me doing all of this. I mean, my mom, like I said, my dad, they're both such entrepreneurs. They they don't listen to anybody. They just, you know, they do what they feel is best. And they kind of always taught me that. And so they've always supported my decisions. Whereas I have other friends, which I'm sure you guys might have other friends that are like this, but their other people's parents, you know, they'll, they'll look negatively to that for, for a child to move that far away. But believe it or not, my mom and I talk more than we did when I was living in the U S like we talk every night at like 10 PM my time and 4 PM, you know, East Oh, sorry. I stole your time, mom. I hope you're watching. (laughs) Don't keep watching. (laughs) Good. That's really, um, yeah, that's, that's the thing I think is that's difficult is, you know, did your, how were your parents? Did, would, are they accepting of if you were to like go to some place? Oh for- gosh, I think my mom would would really have a hard time if I was to leave, only because we are so close. But um, 
you know, I think now that I've kind of evolved into my faith and, and she just sees the freedom that I have in my journey too as an entrepreneur and the opportunity that exists in that, like connecting with people around the world, um, especially in this last year with everything happening in COVID, I've had the beautiful chance to just speak with women across the globe and it's so freeing to know one that I'm not as crazy as I think I'm in here or as when I talk it out loud sometimes to people like I get like cross-eyed like why would you do that like that's so much work why would you put that on your shoulders or but it's the transformation that you offer people and then to actually know that I could be anywhere in the world doing this right now you guys I'm in a closet actually in my new co-working space which is amazing but I could be anywhere in the world and the reason I'm here right now is because of my children and my husband's role um, in his company but I and he both know that God has has crystal blues in our in our future so y'all have to hang out for the ride and and we'll totally come visit you wherever you are because we love to travel so much yes I'm we're ready to receive you I think the biggest thing in this in in this conversation too for people to pull out for themselves if they feel either one that they're they're stuck in the space that they're in now or that they there's a fear factor of what if, right? Like of course you had the moments of okay, I'm going to go to a country where I don't know anyone and what if this happens or what if I think for a lot of people it would be if I'm leaving mommy and daddy in this corporate job and all my friends, what if I fail? And, and this is often a mindset that I have to walk women through when I start coaching them um, as they build a business. Because, you guys, failure is, is a facade. It isn't really a thing. It doesn't actually exist unless you put that weight and guilt on your shoulders. It's actually just like everything else we've been talking about, an opportunity to just move in a new direction. And it's so bizarre to me that in my entrepreneurial journey, I have this abundant freedom to be able to ebb and flow all the time. But if we circle back to the beginning of that conversation, when it comes to like things in my personal life, specifically around my family life and my kids, I don't ebb and flow the same. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's just interesting. Again, it's interesting. I don't know the deeps of it. I don't know the depths of it. But I do know that there's so much to it. I think that it's so true that the fear factor, uh, like the show, whatever happens to that show, <laughs> the fear factor is like a really, that's been like probably the biggest struggle the past five years that I've been over here. It's like fear became really real. I think it first developed when I was playing D1 volleyball. I wasn't the best on the team and my coaches were chewing my behind because I take, I can take a lot and I don't say anything. So I'm kind of like this sponge. And so it kind of like, I, I know that it sounds kind of crazy, but D1 sports, as great as people think they are, I think a lot of my, I learned how to go past fear, but I think I took like some bad parts of that too. Like I kind of, I had some bad experiences with some of the girls on the team. Uh, They were kind of, they were kind of bullying me a lot. And I would just kind of like take it because we weren't really aligned. Um, They were, they were just catty. I don't, uh, it's kind of like that with female sports um, in, in NCAA sports. 
And I had a really hard time with that. And I think like a lot of my fear came from that experience. And so I started to like doubt myself more and things like that. So I've had to like push through that and these doubtful thoughts while I'm here. Cause I, I sometimes think, should I go back to the U S like, what am I doing staying in Europe for so long? Like, do I want to buy a house in the U S or do I want to buy a house here in Europe? But then I think, you know what, whatever happens happens. Like there's a plan and I'm not going to stress over it because why should I judge myself? And I don't care what people think. That's those are the two main things is the judgment aspect. And then just like accepting and not having that fear. It's That's really good. I think, yeah. yeah, I think comparison is a, is a key role in everything that we do. Um, especially with, you know, these things that are constantly in our face of what is that person right. doing? What is she doing? And just like you said, from the beginning of your journey, like after you got out of school, what was everybody doing? And like, you could have stayed in that comparison and done the status quo. And instead you did something really different. And I'll, I will tell you that I chose to follow the status quo, even though I pursued entrepreneurship straight out of college, similar to you, I, um, I wasn't following the status quo in my financial side of my life, but everything else was like so cookie cutter. Like you date the guy, you move in with the guy, you marry the guy, you have a baby, it's a boy, then you have a baby, it's a girl, then you got the house and the cars and the white picket fence, like legit, I lived down the street from my mom, like I was doing the thing, rooted right. in the same you know neighborhood I grew up in, no exaggeration, and I think that normalcy and that cycle that I'm going to go back to, it right. had me paralyzed and, and it was suffocating. And while on the outside looking in, it had the appeal and the perfectionism facade, again, just like failure, perfectionism, it's not real, it's fake. I, I didn't know how else to respond to those things and so I started coping in private because I didn't know I didn't I was afraid of what other people thought I was gonna be judged I was gonna have this comparison factor and everybody else seemed to have it together and they were fine with their cycle and their normal and their American dream and when I quit both of my my roles and both of my companies that was exactly what I first clung to was that I quit the American dream and and, and, that was, and it was okay. It was hard, but it was so worth it. It was so worth it. But what was your initial feeling when you when you quit those jobs? Was it like a, a feeling of relief? No. Or was it, were you hard on yourself from the judgment? A hundred percent. I was not in, so the coaching that I get to do now, I coach people into this transition of leaving what's comfortable and bringing them to the place of freedom and freedom in their finances and freedom in their wealth and rich and, and, and that's not money, right? That's like internal wealth. And so I didn't transition. There was no like, I'm going to evolve out of this process. And even when I said I'm stopping these things, I didn't have the next plan, which I'm a planner. I'm a control freak type A. Can you tell? (laughs) And there was none of that. And so I'm, I'm curious even for you as you as you journey into an entire new country again and you have a plan because you have your business foundation, but like you don't really have a, a personal life plan, right? You're just kind of along. I mean, 
we ha- we talk about it a lot. Like we know we don't want to have kids until we're married. We know we don't want to be married maybe until 30 to a couple yeah. more years. Um, we know that we uh, we want to wait to have kids. So those kind of things, yes. But in terms of like, it's because it's here they don't plan the same way that we plan in the US. So in a way, the whole planning, I'm like you too. Like my mom is like that too. So I think I inherited it from my mom, which maybe might be true for you too. I <laughs> 100%, 100% my mom's the entrepreneur planner for sure. Yeah. So like the whole plan thing that we do in the US, it, it's nothing. Do you know the majority of sp- people here in Europe don't even think about buying homes? They just rent their whole life because the public health care system, not health care, the public health care system is great. And then they get this like uh, amazing retirement plan from the government that's like really good. Um, so they don't care about that. Like most people do end up buying homes. Um, but it's not like in our minds for young people, like it is in the U S it's, it's nothing the same. So for me, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hustle right now, which is what I'm doing with this business with web design, helping female entrepreneurs and small businesses. That's my focus, uh, more on a sustainable. I want to focus on small businesses who are sustainable and trying to support a cause like yourself. I mean, you have the podcast you bring on different cultures. This is what I'm talking about. Like people that are actually trying to make a change in the world. So I'm hustling with that. And then I'm, I'm going to be saving. And then whatever happens, happens. I mean, if that means we're going to move back to the U.S. and, you know, put a down payment on a house, uh, then we can do that. But we're also looking at property here in Spain and France because it's a lot cheaper. So it's I'm not stressing so much about this whole American dream plan because it's actually not necessary. You can buy a house anywhere else. You just have to know how to do it the right way. I love that. And we actually are, but it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible. No, gosh, no. And, And I think even being in America where a lot of my target audience is right now is they feel the pressure of that and they've either jumped into those places even out of ability to even be in those places so like debt is such a like a common thing here right it shouldn't be like the fact that you didn't have student loans like i'm still playing student loans that's like the craziest thing to me i'm like i'm that's going to be like the first thing that i'm like okay this is gone right and and i don't want that for my kids is it's just common like people are just like oh what's your debt to income ratio and and what do you have in your 401k and what how many homes do you own and and for me and my husband like that's never been a priority for us we want to like not have credit debt we don't we want our cars to be paid we don't we don't have houses under our name like we have rented and we've owned things but it's just not we don't put that pressure on ourselves which allows us to have so much more freedom in our ability to travel in our ability to teach our kids that like entrepreneurship is not the norm for two people in a home to be both entrepreneurs like there is so much risk in that but there's so much wealthy beautiful nutritious reward and i want my kids which it sounds like this is how your parents lived they just want you to be joyful. They just want you to like know that you have power in that joy and you don't have to be stuck in something that you feel forced to be in forced to be stuck into. Exactly. Because that then trickles down to our kids obviously and then yeah. you know builds that same habit. I think it's almost just like um the society that we that we're in in the US. It's like 
obviously so it's structured we have to we have to have things it's like so many different things and so many different it's just it's insane the amount of of things that we have to own right to survive. right it's oh my crazy. gosh and that was also a part of yeah but, it is, but it's, it doesn't have to be. So and right. you have pictures and frames and things like that, which is like part of home, right? But when I quit both of those jobs, one of the things that we were simultaneously doing, which I had no idea that like the Lord had this plan of like visually showing me what it looked like to minimize and simplify on the outside of my life. And then a couple months later, I did the exact same thing with my internal self and just like got rid and uprooted like so much mess. It was like I had hung all these pictures on every single wall in my room, in my house. Every single nook and cranny had something covering it. And there was no like freedom in just being in the space. And mm-hmm. so like moving into a new home, the, the first thing that people do is like they hang pictures and they put stuff and like I was just satisfied with like transition and it didn't have to have every single thing being full and filled and and the first business that I launched after I closed those other two businesses and and got my minister's license was simplify the heart which was this mission of minimization and simplification and how powerful it can be for us as a human race um I kind of want to circle into something because you mentioned it briefly and I had no idea prior to jumping on the call and I have been as COVID has happened, there's been a lot of other conversations that have been happening in the world. And as your mom is listening, and hopefully your dad tunes in too, I want to honor them in the the biracial marriage that they were in and have a conversation with you about like what was that like growing up and now being kind of a transplant in another country. Like how is that like ethnicity piece playing a role in your life and how, how has it in the past? That's a really good question. Um, it's always been very interesting because I went to private school. Okay, so I, I had like a mom that was Jewish and then my dad's side is Christian. So I grew up, you know, I went to a Lutheran uh, school, private school from K through eight. But I was known as, uh, I, I would tell people my mom's Jewish, you know, like a little kid running around. I'm Jewish. My mom's Jewish. Everything like that. And and people would like make fun of me um be like I don't know just like typical kid stuff and then when my dad would come pick me up from school they'd be like who's that so you would kind of have <laughs> this because it was I mean the school I went to it was private it was predominantly white um there were some mixed race there but like I definitely felt like um when my dad was present like people would always like look at him like, Oh, like, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird, uh, feeling when that happens, you know? Um, another interesting thing that's happened too is because I don't look, uh, African American, I guess I got like different genes. Right. But, um, like when I go to family reunions, it's really funny. I go to my family. My dad's side is from South Carolina and, the last family reunion we went to, they were like, who's she? So it was so funny. And I was like, <laughs> you were the, yeah. And they were like, no way. Like, so I've always had this kind of mixture of, you know, races in my like family. So I've always like grown up just knowing, I mean, acceptance and just always being okay with 
whoever comes, whoever you come across, like you judge the person, you don't judge the person. You, you, you take them for who they are, like their soul, their spirit. You don't, you know what I'm saying? And so a hundred percent, I think it's your mom. Is it Pam Smith? Is that mama? She says, she says allow, I just allowed her to be open-minded, which is exactly what we need, right? Like in society so much. So, so such a beautiful, like testimony to who you are and like that, that worldly mindset in, in knowing that we have the ability to have a worldly mindset, even within like our home. And so like, it, it's not necessarily about like, um, though I think introduction to other cultures and things like that is fa- like foundational to that. It can also happen just like right at home based on the exposure that we as parents, even me and my half Mexican husband have towards our children. Right. Yeah. I've had really weird experiences because I don't look uh, dark, right? So I've had it to where people are mouthing racist things because they think it's okay because I'm white. It's it's crazy. And then I just go off on them and I say, you know, you have no, no place in saying that. I was actually country dancing one time in Texas and I had that happen and I just left the guy and just, I was like, are you like, you, you should leave right now. I was like, you have no place in saying those things. Like, I, I, I don't know exactly what I said, but I put him in his place. I left it. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, just seeing the, like how people really, when they feel comfortable in, in their views, in their racist views that they will like let stuff off, not even knowing who you are and what you think. It's crazy. It's absolutely yeah, really good. It's an interesting thing to think of it from that perspective of like, even if you have the same skin tone, they still don't know your history. Right. Like, um, one of the pastors said that like you, um, you look through your eyes. You don't look with your eyes. You actually look through them because everything that's back here is like your experiences, your memories, your um, influences, the lessons you've been taught. And and even me and my siblings, like the lens that we're looking through are still very different based on the relationships that we cultivated in school, the sports that we played or, you know, whatever influences that have happened. And it's just, it's really interesting that people have such freedom in the spaces of, of judgment towards others. And then mm-hmm. at the very same moment, they're probably equally, if not more judging themselves regardless of the free-flowing mouthpiece that they shouldn't probably use as often as they do, right? Exactly, yeah. And I, I don't. I think what's happening right now, um, I was listening to your last podcast. I think it was with your best friend. She's your best friend, right? No, the one that I just did live? Yeah, I think it was August 3rd. No, like Danielle. Of, you call her your sister, Right. Oh my gosh, I'm so curious who it is. Was it on my actual podcast live? No, so I say sister like you're my sister, girl. Like we're sisters. Okay, we're sisters. Okay, okay. Well, basically, you guys were talking about how it you said that it was kind of like there's goodness in what is happening right now because it's like shedding light on everything that we that needs to drastically change, you know? And I think it's so true because um, even in Barcelona, like when the protests were happening 
like we did a protest in Barcelona, like there were a couple thousand people there. So people, it's not just like how you said U.S. based. I mean, this is like a worldwide thing and it's not it's not just like Americans, like white Americans. It's also white English people. It's also like because I see it. I have uh, English friends and I know people who are just like that. And I'm like, like friends of friends who are like that. So it's yeah, it's, it's so not interesting. Like an America, America-based problem. It's it's everywhere. So it's really important to like spread everything, share something every day, like what we're doing. Um, yeah, that's kind of my goal. Uh, one of my goals is to like help uh, support Black businesses and help them grow, and also just like let's keep going, let's keep sharing, let's keep sharing news, let's keep talking about. Yeah. Talking about, I love you know. that. And I think that was like my whole reason for even bringing it up is because, you know, there was so much emphasis on it, even in my podcast originally of like this, this racial discrimination and, and what that looks like and really opening that I was, I was reading through a book, I was listening to so many sermons around it. And then once the riot stopped or once the protest stopped or once like the gathering stopped, at least in my field of view, I know that they don't necessarily stop, but I was like, wait a second, like, this is the whole problem. This is the whole, like, issue is that it, it comes, it's, it kind of like comes to a surface, right? It looks like a pimple would, and then it's gone, and then it's over. Well, no, like, there's still a wound there. Like, you still have to nurture it until it's completely healed. And, and we've never been at a place where we've been completely healed. And I want to make sure that I'm stewarding those continued conversations in order for there to be continued healing and continued growth in perspective. So thank you for sharing that. I just, when you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like literally just had this conversation in my brain this morning with Jesus. So thank you for sharing. And uh, yeah, just like supporting uh, nonprofits right now, like uh, two months ago, I think it was, I did a a website giveaway to help support a black business owner and then part of the giveaway was I donated money to the Black Lives Matter nonprofit of the winner's choice. And so I, I found out all I have like a whole list of all these uh, nonprofits that are like super awesome. And I've been able to connect with some of the with some of them. Like uh, if, if any of you guys are listening, uh, the Blacklight Project, super, super awesome. She's she's um it's a media type nonprofit and what they're doing is trying to change the narrative of what we typically see on the news around the black community. So it's really, really interesting what she's doing and she's based, she's on the East coast too, but it's called the black light project. I met her. That was from Instagram. I mean the power of just like social media and interacting with people. We're just like discovering all of these cool projects that are being funded or that are initiatives, right? Projects uh, to help just spread light. And um, yeah. I I love that. I love that that's like where your heart is towards what you do too, because it's everything that you do. Like I'm such a creative, my best friend is a creative. So like we're constantly just like divulging in, learning, tweaking and like web development and social media management. Like the two things that you offer to clients is like, it's more than just a service that like your business needs because it does need it, but it's, it's more about like representation of the inner self 
in a beautiful way. Like it's just, it's like artwork for your inner self when you are an entrepreneur. And so when people come to like my website or they come to my social media, like on a daily basis, the response that I get from strangers is like, oh, it's so joyful. It's so vibrant. It's so alive. And I'm like, yes, yes. Like we need more joy. Yes. It's like that brand representation. Yeah. Genuine and real. That's the vibe I got when I saw like what you're doing and what your mission is, you know, just like you're being real. And that's, I think what you have to do just with everything. There's, I was actually talking to somebody today. Her name is Michelle. She's one of uh, my friends on Instagram. We haven't actually met, (laughs) but we talk, we do voice memos to each other sometimes. And we were talking about how this whole thing about Instagram, how a lot of people, well, there's a lot of fakeness that goes on, but like I'm starting to see and starting just to collaborate with like really, really real people like yourself, like actual, you know, they'll actually talk to you. They'll actually, you know, respond to you and take an interest to what you're doing, but also you, uh, you genuinely want to know how you can help them and serve them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think the more that we continue to do that and like continue to link arms, as I love to say, like that's where like the true ripple effect of the things that are in our hearts of hearts begin to truly take place. Those cycles actually stop and like they break and it literally brings our entire conversation full circle. And it, it goes back into the place of like, you guys, it doesn't have to happen right here it doesn't have to be your neighbor though you're called to your neighbor like i would still consider you a neighbor even though you're across the world and so it's just a matter of perspective and i'm i'm grateful that we're like in community together and excited to see one you show up for your community so amazingly so beautifully you guys have to follow her on her social media um your life innovated and is it your name too shauna do you have two i have two i have like the yeah. business one and I have the personal one, but I mean, I would, I, I would say the your life innovated. I post more. Yeah, maybe that. But one your digital fun. nomad life is so fun. We all want to live vicariously yeah. through you. <laughs> yeah, I have that one, and then I have another one which is teach English and travel. Um, Ooh. Teaching teachenglishandtravel.com. That was my backup plan. So when I came over here, it wasn't like oh, okay, that's it. Like. I'm just going to go off of one thing. I always have like backup plans, obviously. I like that. Teaching English abroad is definitely a great uh, job. You can do that anywhere. So I help people transition to come teach English in different countries. That's a side job. That's really cool. I love that. That's really cool. And I think that that that's a wise word. Always have a backup plan. Because, again, we go back to that conversation of, like, failing forward, right, or something not working out. Like, who's to say that anything that we do on a consistent basis isn't going to work out? And that's, again, out of our hands, out of my needing to control. I can't control it all. It's just going to be what it is. And um, it's a beautiful evolution. I'm excited for you to be in this whole new new country. I can't believe you moved and didn't even tell me. (laughs) It's such an exciting thing. I'm glad I didn't put where I thought you were before. Yeah. No, it's okay because um, I'm a digital nomad. So, you know, you can. Yeah, girl. You can say I'm in Spain. You can say I'm in France. <laughs> you ain't worried about all that AI stuff happening on the internet, are you? <laughs> so, 
in France, they have like such different, like as close as, as they are to Spain, you just like have so many different flavors here. Like there's so much into, I don't know if you like the sun-dried tomatoes. I didn't even know this was a thing, but France is like super heavy with the sun-dried tomato. Sun-dried tomato vinaigrette, so good. Um, you guys have to, when you come here. I love it. I wish you could see my shirt right now. There is my tomato. La oh, tomate. You have, you know. <laughs> that, and that's how you say it too in French. Les tomates. <laughs> Les tomates. I did take two years of French, but I'm much more fluent in Spanish. <laughs> Nice. Okay, cool. So you speak Spanish. <laughs> Un poquito. <laughs> Don't test me. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> this is another thing. Like, we've got to just mention it is, is with this exact conversation in the midst of everything else that we talked about is about, like, full immersion. And, and that's exactly what you've done. But, like, when you can fully immerse yourself into the new, into the fresh, into the change, into the river, the, the flowing river that you were talking about at the very beginning, like that's where life is, is in that full submission and immersion of oneself into yeah. the good. Of course, if you jump into the bad, you can fully immerse yourself there too. And I promise you the ripple effect won't be very far. That hurts. <laughs> but but seeking seeking the, the things of light and love and, and energy and community and oh gosh, all the things living is is so good and I I uh, I value you as a person for doing that. Thank you. And I value you for what you're doing and, and thank you so much for, for having me on your wonderful show. It's honestly been really awesome to connect and to like just talk about life and just like the cycle thing I think is really very interesting and I probably want to learn more about how, what your strategies are to help you get like out of there, out of that cycle. So I would love to hear more. I don't know. If Ooh, we, if we I like it. Off. We'll have to, yeah. yeah. A part two. Off. I've never had a part two, yeah. but maybe we should how to end the cycle. <laughs> I, I had to do it. It was hard. Um, we've talked about it actually uh, quite a bit on the show in, in previous episodes, but not necessarily in like a, this is how, again, I think everybody's journeys are so different, but, um, there is definitely ways that I did it. Um, and it's actually, it will be a part of the book that I am in current editing process finally after two and a half years of writing. So we have people on who are listening that said that this is great. She's so beautiful. She said, Tamara's everyone's sister. <laughs> and yes, part two. So we'll have to end the cycles. And, and you, again, thank you so much, Sean. It was such a joy. And I'm excited to see where you head next. And, and I'm proud of you. Thank you so much, and I would like to say au revoir, au revoir to the community. Au revoir, I love it. Goodbye, which means goodbye. And goodbye. I'll see you later. A bientôt. Adios. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamara.andress on Insta. 
I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.